Well, I love the Lord this evening. Thank Him for all He's doing and all His blessings. And if you'll find your place in Exodus chapter number 2, and uh, Exodus chapter 2, and uh, I love seeing our Patch kids sing. And uh, Sarah and I had the opportunity to work out there for a few months, and, and uh, it was a joy. And, uh, you know, don't get too uh, look at it and say, oh, they, they messed up or they weren't standing still. And They're going to take your place, and uh, they're going to be the next church. And uh, so, so we all do all we can to encourage that and lift that up. And uh, I thank God for a church that cares about the next generation. And uh, share with our Sunday school class this morning. We use our patch club to help our young people here in the church and our TNT. And then now we, um, God has opened the door for the bus minister to reach out to the unchurched and uh, to bring those in this morning. And uh, so that's a joy. And I'm excited about what God's doing. And I don't know about you, but I want more than just just coming to church. I want Him. I want the all that I can get from Him. I want everything that He has to offer. And uh, if you're there in Exodus chapter number 3, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 1, we'll begin reading. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey." Unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayst bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God upon this mountain. I'm going to ask my dad if he would to pray for us, please. Amen. I told you I want all that God has to offer. I don't want just the... The, uh, the, the simple, I want more than just coming to church and sitting and listening to preaching. I want something that God has in store for me individually. I want more than ordinary. I want the extraordinary. Because I believe God is a God of ex- extraordinary things. I don't want the so-so. I want the supreme. I want what God has to offer. I don't want the casual. I want the magnificent. I don't want the good. I want the very best that God has to offer. I don't want mediocrity. I want miraculous. I want the very best that God can give me for His service. I read this passage here and uh, I noticed something that stuck out to me 
And you know, you've heard people ask, if a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear, does it make a noise? How many of you know what I'm talking about? And you sit there and say, well, sure it does. It has to. Well, how do you know? You didn't hear it. And you go back and forth and you don't get anywhere with them. Well, I ask you, if a miracle takes place and no one was there to see it, was there a miracle? If a miracle takes place and no one is there to see it, was there a miracle? So we love to hear the miracles of Christ and their application to our life. But what good is a miracle if we don't see it? What good can we do with a miracle that we've never seen, or we've never heard about, or never experienced? With that thought, I want to preach on the miracle of seeing miracles. The miracle of seeing miracles. Look here as we read in Exodus chapter 3, and we'll back up to chapter 2. But number one, if we're going to see miracles in our life, I don't know about you, I hope you want more than just mediocrity. I hope you desire the miracles in your life that only God can give. But if we're going to see those miracles, seeing a miracle starts with contentment. Seeing a miracle starts with contentment. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 21, we know the story here as Moses has slain an Egyptian that was beating some Hebrews there in Egypt. And he heard that they were out from his life, so he fled to sink. And he comes here in verse number 21, it says, And Moses was content to dwell with a man, and he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. Moses left Egypt, fled the scene, and he came to a place here, and he was content where he came to. Became very content. May I encourage you to be content with where God has placed you. I know the Lord has placed me at Solid Rock Baptist Church. I'm not looking for anything else. I'm not looking for any place else. I don't desire anything else other than just where God has me. Contentment with the place that God has put us. We go out and we visit week after week and we, you hear this often and, and people will go, tell you, well, we're looking around, we might just come visit. We've been trying out several churches, but we might just come visit. Or you talk to parents and they say, well, the kids can come on the bus as long as they're happy and, and they like coming to church. And the day that they're not happy, they don't get, have to ride anymore. Contentment with where God has placed us. See, if you're looking or trying to find the right church, without the direction of a holy God, you're probably about to miss a miracle in your life. Moses was content where God has led him to dwell. If you're always looking for something new or something different or something more exciting or another program or another promotion or whatever it may be, you're probably on the verge of missing your miracle. We must be content with where God has us. The day you become content with this church will be the day that you're here. The day you become content with God will be the day you read His Word. The day that you're content with what God has to offer you is the day that you'll perform His work. The day that God is enough for you is the day that you'll be content with the things of God. The day that God's big enough for you is the day that you won't sell out His day anymore for anything else. Because He's number one. The day that God's big enough is the day that the TV won't take precedence over your Bible reading. The day that God's big enough is the day that when you have trouble in your life, Prayer is not your last resort. That's when we become content with God. And it may very well be when you find that contentment, you're on the verge of finding that miracle in your life. Number two, seeing a miracle starts with co-laboring. Seeing a miracle starts with co-laboring. See, Moses here was laboring to keep the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. And you look here and you read, there's some work involved. And uh, he was laboring. You see, Moses had co-labored with his father-in-law. He was working. He was busy. 
doing what was right. He was co-laboring. May I encourage you tonight, you will see miracles in your life when you join up with Jesus Christ and you are a co-laborer for the cause of Christ. Until that point, you're going to miss out on a lot of miracles. If all you need to do is come to church and sit here and listen to preaching and go home and oh, what a great service. You are not a co-laborer with Christ and you'll miss some great miracles in your life. We must be co-laborers with Christ. So I believe God's doing some miraculous things around here in the ministries of Saul Rock Baptist Church. You won't convince me any other way, so don't even try. Because I told the Sunday school class this morning, this thing with the bus minister, we tried before on, in our own strength. And that's all there is to it. I, I wanted something to do. I wanted to be busy. And I wanted my own thing. It wasn't as interested in what God was doing. Well, when we came in asking them what God was doing, it's been miraculous. Let me tell you a kind of a figure they told us in college. And on Saturdays as we're out visiting, uh, Sarah will, will keep a list of promises. And I shared this with our class this morning. And those promises, you add them up and you, you get a total, so you kind of know who to prepare for for the next morning. And uh, they kind of gave us a figure. They said, if you, you can figure 50 to 70%, I forget the exact number, will actually come out of who promised. May I tell you this morning, I kind of thrown that stuff out the window because God has thrown it out the window. And... Uh, I had a note card yesterday evening with 25 promises on it. There was 32 people on the Lord's bus this morning. That's miraculous. That's God. You won't describe it any other way than just the fact it's God. And it's His miracle. And His miracle in the making. Boy, it's a joy to be a part of it. See, it's not our knowledge. May I tell you today, it's not your charisma. It's not your talent. It's not our ability. It's not our personality. But it's Him. And it's Him. That's who it always be. So we can read all the how-to books and get all the organization and all the structure down right, but if we don't have Him, we don't have anything. We must have Him. The miracle starts. We get to see a miracle when we begin to co-labor with Christ. May I tell you, dear Sunday school teacher, the most miraculous thing can happen in your class. But when you walk away, it's not you. You just get a privilege to be a co-laborer with Christ. Hey, when we come in on Sunday mornings with a busload, it's a blessing. It's an encouragement to my soul, the labors and seeing what God's doing. But at the end of the day, I'm just a co-laborer. There's nothing more than just getting to work with Christ hand in hand. And it's a joy seeing a miracle start. But not only does it start there, I see a miracle doesn't start with training. I don't find nowhere in the passage where Moses went up and he said, well, who said that book? Is he complaining about the heat of the desert? Nowhere is he complaining about where he's at and what he's doing. He's just about keeping the flock of his father-in-law. No complaining. You see, seeing a miracle doesn't start with criticism. Moses didn't walk up and say, Oh my goodness, who set the bush on fire? We need that bush. You don't find Moses criticizing. You don't find Moses running up with a bucket of water to put out the fire. There's something bigger. There's a miracle in the making. Can I help you, those that complain and have a critical tongue, don't throw water on my fire or anybody else's. You just hold on to it and you just sit back and watch. Hey, because I want more. I want to be that miracle. I want to be that co-laborer with Christ. I don't want my complaining and my criticism and my way I think it ought to be done to get in the way of what a holy and a sovereign God has in store. Not in desire of anything but just being a miracle in the hands of an almighty God. See, a miracle starts with a conscious effort. Look there in verse number 3 of chapter 3. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burned. You must on purpose turn aside and look for what Christ is doing. I'll sum it up real well in the best way I know how. Get over yourself and look for what Christ is doing. Amen. 
Get past yourself. Get past your pity party and look for what a holy and a sovereign God is doing. Hey, I'm excited about what God's doing. There's a young man here. JT's going to get baptized in a little while. You got to understand that moves my heart. I was thinking coming across the road when he got in the van. There was a day that me and Miss Sarah and we pick up a few at the rest home and JT be the only young man on the van for months. Months like that. And boy, to see what God's doing and the fact He's here to follow the Lord in obedience obedience and baptism. Hey, there's a conscious effort. We've got to turn aside. We've got to exert that energy. Got to get past ourselves. Get our eyes on Christ and trust Him. Seeing a miracle starts with a complete surrender. Seeing a miracle starts with a complete surrender. Look at verse number 4. And when the Lord saw that He turned aside to see, God called unto Him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses... Moses. And he said, Here am I. Three simple words. Here am I. You know, I like it. Moses didn't come by and say, Well, preacher, I'm able to do fill in the blank. Hey, I tell you what I'd really like to do. I'd like to work here or do this. Hey, I I've got the ability to do to do this. I would, preacher, but really you think I could try this instead? No. Three simple words. Here am I. Moses stepped up to the bush there and when God spoke, he said, Here am I, Lord. Here am I. That's a complete surrender. See, Moses didn't have his own agenda to decide what he was going to do for the Lord. Moses was fully surrendered to the call of Christ. I ask you tonight, are you surrendered? Are you surrendered that if God came by and said, Hey, this. Let's do it. Surrender. Well, God, I can't do this. You find Moses, if you read the whole story, he goes, God, I'm not eloquent. What if they don't believe me? Hey, at the end of the... God says, we'll take Aaron with you. Can I remind you who did all the talking? Yeah. Moses. Moses. It's a complete surrender. Very simply, three words. Here am I. Man, I tell you folks, that'll change your life. Yeah. You ever come to a place, here am I, Lord. Here am I. Because that means whatever God leads you to do, you'll do it. I see seventh, seeing a miracle starts with an awe of God. Look at verse number 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Moses was literally afraid to look at God. Literally. Can I help you tonight? You will never fully experience Christ until you value Him and all of His glory. Hey, you're missing out on a miracle because you don't value Christ and all of His glory. You're missing it. Our generation has no fear of God. No fear of God. Moses was so afraid of just the presence of God, he hid his face. And yet, we walk around and we tell God, we look up to God and we say, well God, I know your word says this, but I'm just this way. You've got to understand, it's just who I am. My mama did, my daddy may... But no, you're rebelling against God. We shake our fist to God and say, that's my money, and we want God to bless our finances, but we're not obedient. And yet we continue one more time to lose our fear of God continue to tell God, hey, I know I'm supposed to be I know you're not forsaking the assembling of yourselves again, but God, would you bless my family? God, would you please save my son, save my daughter? Would you reach my uncle? Would you reach my aunt? And you're praying this prayer and you're not here half the time. And you want God to work a miracle in your life and He's not. God doesn't reward disobedience to His Word. You lost your all of God. There used to be a time that you wouldn't have thought twice about going on vacation Sunday night and leaving out of God's house. What's happened? Where's your all of a holy and a sovereign God tonight? 
What happened to the time that you said, hey, Wednesday nights are just as important for me because I need it. My family needs it. I can't get through the week without God. What happened to that a few years ago and now it's nothing? What happened to all of God? You're missing the miracle. I ask you, mom and dad, what if that Wednesday night in Patch Club is the miracle in the making for your young boy or your young girl? May I ask you one Sunday morning when it's a little harder to get up and in that Sunday school class, what if it's a miracle in the making for your young boy or your young girl? What if it's a miracle for you that day that God's going to turn your life upside down? And you're not on the backside of the desert by the bush. We're not. We're asking God for His miracles with no respect, no fear, no awe. We need all of God back. Hey, God's holy. God's sovereign. Hey, I still think we're all to come and respect this house. Hey, I, I, I believe your Bible will not be under anything else. I believe it ought to be on top, whatever you're carrying. That's God's Word. I believe we ought to get an awe and a respect for the, the person of who He is. I see seeing a miracle starts with humility. Starts with humility. Look at verse number 11 of chapter 3. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? I love what he said. Here am I. Oh God, who am I? Here am I, God. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. But God, I don't know who I am. I don't know why I'm worthy. But God, I'm willing. Hey, can I help you tonight? It's cliche, but man, it's good. He's not looking for your ability. He wants your availability. And that's exactly where Moses was. He said, here am I. Who am I? I better get a, get a level of humility. See, we want God to work through us, but your motive and your desire is wrong. Your motive is so... You hope the preacher will get up here and say, well, we're, we're glad for what sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so did. Your motive when you get up and sing a song is not to glorify God. Your motive is that somebody would see you and see your talent. Not humility. Your motive when you stand up and testify is not to glorify God. It's to, so people will think you've stood strong for whatever as the devil's ridden your saddle that you've given them to ride. That's your motive. Your motive is not to glorify God. Your motive is pride. And if we're going to see a miracle, we must start with humility. So what you've got to understand, if God's going to do the miraculous work through you that we're going to see He do through Moses, you're going to have to understand this. You're not going to do that by yourself. See, Moses may not have fully comprehended what he was about to undertake when God first spoke to him out of the bush. But I tell you this much, from that bush to Egypt, he wouldn't have faced Pharaoh without a holy and a sovereign God. We better understand that no matter what God chooses to do in our church, in our lives, in our ministries, whatever you work in, it's all His. And He gets the glory. He gets the glory. And we must have a humility. We must understand we need Him. We need Christ. We need Christ for our homes. We need Christ for our nation. We need Christ for our church. We need Him. We need Christ. Number nine, I see seeing a miracle starts with a companionship with Christ. Look at verse number 12. And He said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. See, the reason you and I struggle to see the miracles of Christ is you don't know the person of Christ. You don't have a companionship with Christ. 
You, you may call and say the right things and do the right things and, and deceive everybody in and around the church and the pastor and whomever. But at the end of the day, when you go home, you pillow your head by yourself because you don't have a companionship with Christ. You, you, God's put something in your heart, and, uh, but you don't know God enough to say, I know that He's with me. You don't know God enough to, to follow through with what He's commanded you to do because you don't know you can't enjoy the miracles that God has for you because you're not saved, perhaps. That's the greatest miracle. Getting saved, amen? Missing hell for an eternity, spending eternity with Jesus Christ on the streets of God. That's wonderful. That's miraculous. But hey, perhaps you can't see the miracles day in and day out because you've never had a day that you had the miracle of salvation come by your way. If what God's doing around here unnerves you, upsets you, bothers you, you better check up on your companionship with Christ. Hey, if, if that bus blowing gray smoke in front of you when you're out behind us, check up, because there's something bigger going on than just the bus rolling. God's in the midst of it. Hey, if, if these kids up here bothered you a little bit because they weren't perfect, hey, you better check up on your companionship with Christ. Check up on your companionship. Whatever, not everything's going to go perfect. Hey, but as long as we got a companionship with Him, we can see the miracles. We can still see those miracles. Number 10, seeing a miracle starts with realizing, looking, and seeing are different. Seeing a miracle starts with realizing, looking, and seeing are different. If you look there at the first of the chapter, verse number 2, and the angel, angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame, unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. That definition of look means this right here. Direct one's gaze towards someone or something or in a specified direction. It means kind of, you know, look over there. And you look. That word see has this meaning. To perceive with the eyes to discern visually. See, some of us, some of God's people, we're still just looking. We're still just, hey, look over there. You see that? Well, what was it? I'm not sure. You know, you go down the road and you see an animal dog call. Man, that was either a deer or bear. It was big. And, but you don't know because you just look. But, but if you saw it, you were able to perceive it. And you knew what it was. See, looking and seeing are different. See, Moses saw the bush, looked at the bush and behold what was taking place. But if all he had done was look, he would have kept on going with the sheep. If he had never turned aside to perceive and say, Whoa, what's going on here? There's something awesome in our midst. He would have missed Seeing a miracle starts with realizing how different. See, looking like, hey, look over here. You see that? Man, did you see what? See him. And when God gets real, and when God gets big, you're not going to say, hey, look over here. It's going to be more like, whoa, did you see what God did tonight? Did you see what God did for our family? Did you see, did you perceive what God did? Did you discern it and understand that God had a miracle? In the midst, I'm convinced we miss a lot of our miracles because we're just looking. We're not staring. We're not seeing. We're just looking, and God's working all around us, left and right, and we're sitting back, wondering when God's going to show up. And He's all around you, but you're just not seeing Him. You're not perceiving Him today. You're missing out on the miracles of Christ because you're too busy just looking. Hey, if you ever see a miracle, if you ever become a miracle, you may just get a little more than a spectator. You may find yourself wanting to participate. You may find yourself just wanting to teach a class. You may find yourself wanting to run a bus. You just never know what you may happen when a miracle when you're... 
of who He is. Verse number 14 in chapter 3, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And He said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. If we ever get to the place that I am, that I am is enough, it will turn our lives upside down for the glory of God. If you ever get to a place that just I am is enough, if you ever get to a place that you love God and you serve God for who He is, He's the I am, not the I am that did this or the I am that will do this if you do this, but He's just the I am, your life will be changed. If you see Him and love Him for who He is instead of what He does. You know, I'm glad Moses didn't say, well, God, what have you done for me lately? All Moses had to hear was, I am that I am. And he was willing to follow. Hey, if we ever see God as the I am, He was the I am enough for you. Is the I am. Not what the I am does. The I am. Jesus Christ by Himself is He enough. The Bible says He'll supply all our need according to the riches of glory. That's singular, folks. That's not your power bill. That's Jesus Christ. That's your need is Christ. If we ever see Him for Christ, for who He is, our lives will be changed. Hey, can I help you? No matter what comes your way, death of a loved one, sickness, sorrows, suffering, whatever it may be, as long as you're fine with I am and He's enough, you'll be okay. That miracle will come through your life as long as you're okay with the I am. See, that's simple. That's simple. I am. It's so profound at the same time because we're talking about a holy and sovereign God. That's not the I am that made you a promise. That's just I am. I'm all you'll ever need. I am that I am. I want the I am to be enough in my life. That way when anything that I'm doing for Him, it changes and God wants to move and do something different, as long as He's involved, I'm okay. Because I am that I am. Number 12. I got to thinking about this miracle. I got to thinking about what God was doing here. And there's a common denominator of all miracles. A common denominator. You learn about that in, in class and stuff, and, and I probably couldn't teach it now if I had to. But the common denominator, it's that common thread. And Christ. You ever asked yourself what's so miraculous about a miracle? Was a miracle of the eyes made to see, was it really miraculous? Was the miracle of the lame made to walk really miraculous? Was the miracle of Lazarus being raised from the dead really miraculous? Was the miracle of the deaf to hear really miraculous? Can I tell you, yes, they were all miraculous. But you look here and you see the miracle of the burning bush not being consumed. What was the common denominator that ran through all the miracles from the eyes to the ear to those being able to walk was Christ. Christ. A miracle is defined by Christ being involved. If it hadn't been for Christ, there wouldn't have been a miracle. The common denominator is Jesus Christ. The real miracle of miracles is seeing Christ. The real miracle of miracles is seeing Christ. See, can I help you today? The eyes being healed and the, the ear to hear and the lame to walk. The day you got saved is not a miracle in itself. It's only a miracle because Jesus Christ was involved. Aren't you glad He was involved the day you got saved? Hey, that wouldn't have been no miracle. That wouldn't have been a miracle had He not been around. What defines and determines the miracle is the presence of Christ. The common denominator for all miracles is Christ. See, we struggle to serve Him today because we've never really seen Him. We struggle to be faithful today because we've really never seen Christ. We struggle to not fear today because we've never seen Christ. You say, well, well what? what? Wonderful preaching. What? And you say, man, seeing a miracle. But I want to experience 
a miracle. And you sit there and say, I want to do more than see it. I want to experience it. I tell you, seeing a miracle will cause you to experience a miracle. See? Moses turns aside to see this miracle. He takes time to from what he's doing and see what God's doing. Next chapter, he's on commission to rescue a generation of experience a miracle. And then lastly, may I tell you this? Experiencing a miracle will allow you to become a miracle. Moses was a miracle in the making from his birth. You won't deny that. We know how God protected him through the aqua bull rushes and how God miraculously worked in his life. So from the very get-go, Moses was a miracle in the making. Here Moses would lead a generation of God's people out of captivity. He would become a miracle for the children of Israel. He saw the miracle. He experienced that miracle there on that holy ground. But now he's becoming a miracle for the children of Israel as their leader to lead them out of captivity. I'm going to ask you today, who are you becoming a miracle for? Mom? Dad? Who are you becoming a miracle for? Who are you paying the price for? Who is watching you? Who are you paying the price? See, the greatest of all miracles is seeing the miracle. If no one's there to see a miracle, is there really a miracle? I look at the bush. And it... The bush. It was not consumed. And the message has not been sent around the bush, but I got to thinking about that bush not being consumed. And I just wonder sometimes if, if it's not a little bit over-consumed in the wrong Hey, the fire was burning. The bush wasn't consumed. Hey, the world out here may, has all they want to offer and distract us with while we consume with it. There's a miracle that Christ wants to perform in our life. And we're consumed with the wrong things. We've got to experience a miracle. And to experience a miracle and become a miracle, we must see that miracle.